Welcome to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast, where facts, logic, and reasoning are at the forefront of every conversation. And in this episode, we're going to talk about should we treat marriage like a business? What are the similarities of a thriving business and a successful marriage? Do we go after the salesperson or the customer service rep? How can business and marriage last for generations? Is the marriage similar to a merger? Do both reap the benefits? What are the strategies for long-term success in partnerships? So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we delve deep into this issue. Welcome back to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast. And as we did say in the intro, we're going to talk about should we treat marriage like a business? Now, obviously, this is during the holiday season, but we're talking about this in the sense that businesses and marriages do have similarities. And there's some of the things that I do want to discuss with this. I'm not going to be very long on this particular episode, but we're going to go over some of those things and see the similarities. Now, as you know, we do usually lead the show off with statistics, but I didn't want to go through a lot of marriage statistics pertaining to success rate or failure rate because we pretty much already know what they are. There are certain uh, things that can occur where that will increase uh, a marriage being successful versus being unsuccessful. But I didn't want to go through a whole bunch of statistics pertaining to that because this is just discussing how there, there's some similarities between the two, between a marriage and a business. Now, in a, in a marriage, the reason why we say it's similar to a business, when we're talking about a business, we're talking more of about, a, say, a partnership type of a business, not some of the other structured businesses. Obviously, there's LLCs and sole proprietors and different things like that. We're talking about in the sense of a partnership. So when you marry somebody, and we've talked about this on the podcast in the past, I always say two people are coming together and are essentially becoming one person. When I say one or one person, it's just that Whatever the one person does, the other person was going to be affected by the decision. So you just can't do what you used to do prior to being married because the decisions that you make is going to affect that other person. And that's kind of what a merger is. It's basically when a business merger occurs, when two companies are involved, they merge together so that they can have a higher profit and both, both companies will benefit from the merger. Well, that's what marriage is about. When you get together with another person and you become one, essentially, both people are going to reap the benefits. Now, there's a variety of different benefits that you can reap, obviously. Obviously, you can have someone who cares about you. You have value in your marriage uh, versus maybe if you were out on the traditional dating market today. Obviously, you have much more value in a marriage than you do dating. We said for the man... The advantages to being married is a longer life because statistically speaking, men who are married live longer than men who are single. And I had given an example of that pertaining to reaching the age of 65. So men who are married have a much better chance of reaching the age of 65 than unmarried men. So there's one big advantage for men, obviously, is longer life because generally speaking, I guess if we're single, we're we're maybe engaged in more riskier type behaviors, which can shorten our lives. Whereas we're, if we're married, uh, we tend to not do those things because we're, you know, we're at home. 
so we don't have to worry about it too much. Now, there's different, like I was saying in the intro when I was talking about it, uh, the similarities to the businesses, and I was saying, you know, one is a merger, net gain, both people getting something out of the marriage uh, once they, they come together. The visions have to be kind of in line. So if, if you marry someone and you're in a relationship where one person is doing, say, all the work, and I'm not talking about the financial work, but I'm just saying there's no split of sort of a partnership. One person could be very good at something and you would have them do it. So an example might be finances. One person might be really good at managing and budgeting money where the other person really isn't. And so that one person may take the burden there, but another person may be good with, you know, say dealing with the children or, 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 or cooking, cleaning, a variety of different things. As you know, we did an episode here on our podcast for about stay-at-home dads where the roles were somewhat reversed, but it worked for that particular couple. So if you remember that episode, you'll, you'll remember what I was talking about with that. Now, as we were going, going through, I just want to cover a couple of other quick things pertaining to that. Now, what are some of the things... I guess we, we look for in the beginning when we want to engage in a merger. Well, obviously, the way people look is very, very important. We obviously put a premium on looks. So physical appearance does matter to, to uh, people. But in a, in a business situation, when we're looking at the physical appearance, we're looking at how, how solvent the company is. What does their books and their finances look like? Are they in a lot of debt or all those different things? Well, that's sort of the physical appearance aspect of it as far as it being a marriage. So an example would be, do I have someone who is, you know, attractive, you know, looks, looks good, but they, they may, may lack sort of intelligence. So is that someone that you would want to have a merger with? So that's where we're going with pertaining to it being a business. As we're talking about intelligence, this is someone who you would basically, you can, you can talk to this person for hours. So because they, are, they have a, a level of, of intellect, and if you're somewhere on the same page as they are, you should be able to communicate effectively with them. And if you remember when we were talking about some of the other issues pertaining to marriage, we said there's always three things that usually pop up in you know, a marriage not working or being uh, ruined. And we said communication, money, and obviously adultery. But they're always, generally speaking, are in the top three in one way, shape, or form. Sometimes they'll flip-flop, but for the most part, those are the three major areas that people tend to have problems with pertaining to staying together. So that's something to take into consideration as well. Now, you heard me mention earlier that should you go after the salesperson or the customer service rep in a marriage? Now that sounds kind of funny, but what I'm getting at when I say that is a salesperson is, is when we say the salesperson, this is a person who ultimately is looking to gain from the sale. So they were looking for something, they get something out of the sale. And it's not really as much about you as it is, say, about them. And so the salesperson type of a person is they're, they're concerned about making a sale because the profitability is all going to them. You're getting pleasure out of the sale, whatever it is they might be selling you, but they don't know what that pleasure is because they don't see it after that fact. 
they just have more of a compelling sales pitch. Now, there have been many people, men and women, who've been fooled by other people just based upon the person, a person's sales pitch, meaning that they sound really good and they make these intriguing offers, but they usually don't, you know, they fizzle out because they're, they're just nonsense. And because of that, those relationships tend to not last. Now, as I can, can tell you is a long time ago, I used to be a commissioned salesperson. So I was straight commissioned. So if I didn't sell, I basically didn't eat. So as I was going through that, I made a ton of sales. Now, there was a few customers who I connected with and I became friends with even. And we went out together later on at different times and we just had fun. But I would probably say about 90 to 95% of the people who I sold things to, I don't even remember what they look like. I don't even remember their names. I don't know anything. And I don't even know if, if the products were, were good for them or not. I didn't, it didn't matter to me because I literally just wanted to sell because it was a matter of, you know, survival, basically. So I didn't necessarily care as much about the outcome of their, their sale as it's more so how, how it benefited myself. So because I was a straight commission sales, it was all about me. So if I had to make a sale and I said something or did something to make sure the product was intriguing to them, and I always wanted to make sure that they enjoyed the product, but I don't remember many of those people. And that, you know, I did that for well over two years. And I don't remember a lot of people I sold things to. I just don't. So that's when we say a salesperson. It's, it's more about their sales pitch. You want to be in love and have a partner. And if a person just is good at, has a good gift of gab, a lot of times what they're selling isn't really what they're offering. So you just have to be careful pertaining to the salesperson. Now, a customer service rep is going to be totally different because by nature, they have to be focused on your needs. They have to be satisfied with your needs. So once the sale is secure, they have to make sure that you're satisfied with the product after the fact because they're the people you were going to come to if there's something wrong. So the customer service rep type of a person is probably best for you to be in a relationship with because they're more concerned about your needs, not theirs. So the salesperson is more concerned about his needs or her needs. Whereas the customer service rep wants to make sure that you're happy and they will do certain things to make sure you're happy. If you ever had to have, you know, issues or contact with customer service reps and how they treat you. They're very, very friendly over the phone. They want to try and resolve the problem. They want to make sure that everyone walks away with something. That is the kind of partner you should be looking for. Someone who's more geared towards your needs. Want to make sure that you're doing okay. And they will be, they will be very, very uh, helpful for you in the future as they continue to go on. And, and, and if you're looking between the two, if you obviously have to pick, just using those two definitions that I gave, that would be sort of the, the uh, customer service rep would obviously be a better fit for you versus the, the salesperson. And as I did say earlier, how people can easily be duped by a person who's selling something, but with, they maybe have a lot of style, but very little substance. And we'll go from there for that. How can business and marriage, marriage last generations? How can, that, how can that happen? How does that occur? Well, in order for those things to happen, if you're doing a business merger on the business side of things, the two companies that are merging have to have a level of commitment, meaning that they both are interested in making sure that both companies become successful with inside that one entity. 
when it when it comes to a, a marriage, the same thing applies. Both people have to have the same level of commitment to make sure that the marriage survives. When you go into the marriage and you've been together for a period of time, you have to, if you want the marriage to last generations, and when I, we'll get into what I'm talking about by generations, if you want that marriage to last generations, you both have to have that same level of commitment or else it's not going to last generations, meaning that divorce, you pretty much put it off the table regardless of what's going on. Now, obviously, there's going to be situations where something really detrimental can happen because over the course of time and years, people change. They're not the same. They're not everyone over the course of their lifetime will do certain things differently and they will they will change. That's just a human nature. But for the most part, if both both people are committed and want to make sure it lasts and will do whatever it takes to make sure it lasts, that's that level of commitment that both a business merger of two companies and a married couple will have to have. They have to have those things. Another thing is honesty. And why is honesty so important? Honesty is the foundation to any relationship. So when we're talking about honesty, when I say it's the foundation to any relationship, if we're looking at building a house, we don't really build too many houses in the country here without a foundation. So without the foundation, the house can't be built. It will fall down and collapse. Well, the same thing applies to a business as well as a marriage. If I have one of the business partners stealing money and siphoning off money from the company, that's a lack of honesty and it will affect the other partner. Same would apply in a marriage. If I have one of the marriage, one of the uh, people in the marriage not being dishonest about, especially pertaining to finances and they they ran into some issues, maybe they have a gambling issue or drug issue that affects the other person. The other person you're married to, and it affects if there's children, it even affects them. It makes it even worse for them. So a lack of honesty is, is a tremendous downside to having a marriage be successful. In order for a marriage to be successful, you have to have those two things right off the bat, commitment and, and honesty. Now, when I say generations, when I say about generations, when I say a marriage lasting that long, a little quick example I give is that I remember this was years ago. I want to say it was probably 20 years ago. We were celebrating my grandmother's 80th birthday at the time. She was still alive and we we're celebrating her birthday. And there was a lot of people there at her birthday party. Majority of her, of her grandchildren were there. My grandmother, I believe if I can count correctly, might've had 11 grandchildren. And she had four daughters and mostly all of us was there with the exception of a handful. A few of them weren't there. And I can just remember and recall just looking at my grandmother. She had walked off and just walked in the backyard of my aunt's house and was kind of by herself for a little bit. And I always wondered what she was thinking at that particular time. But then as I was leaving, I just something popped into my head and I just thought, you know, here's this 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 woman who is essentially responsible for almost everybody that's here at this cookout, this barbecue. She's literally, all of us essentially came from her in some way, way, shape or form. Without her, none of us, that whole thing couldn't have existed because we wouldn't have been there had she not made the decisions that she made. And that's what we're talking about when we're saying generations, how a marriage and a business can basically last generations. How that, do you want that to be the case when you have children and then essentially grandchildren in some situations, even great grandchildren, you know, you get to that fourth generation. And 
you can always trace it back to that one particular person or two people. So if we have a married couple that's been together for, say, 50 years and they're still together, they're still alive, they get to see all that thing and you can actually trace your family tree to, to them. And so that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about when I say generations. Another thing we can say why is it similar, similar to a, a, a business merger, marriage and merger to similar is do both people reap the benefits? And the answer is obviously for it to be a successful marriage, the answer would obviously be yes. We want both people to enjoy the marriage, meaning that both people are coming together and because they're together, they are going to have a level of success. When I say levels of success, it may not be overwhelming success, but they did very well for themselves over the course of time. Now, if you remembered in previous episodes, I talked about uh, prime years with women and men. And I talked about the male financial prime years. And I also in that episode talked about the female financial primes. Those prime years benefit all of us. So not only does it benefit the other person that you're in a relationship with, but it also benefits the children. Now, we did say the male prime years financially were from about age 45 to about age 55. So it's about a 10-year window. And that's just basically when men make the most money throughout their career. That's when their salary is generally the highest because they have developed a level of expertise in their field. And if they stayed in that same particular job for a certain period of time, they're paid as such because of their level of expertise. And so their family will benefit from that. So if, for example, if I'm working and I get a raise, I get the raise, but the other family members reap the benefit. I mentioned in another episode before how when it comes to material things, I like to use the pecking order that it goes children first, wife, then husband. Meaning that as long as they have the, the stuff that they need or want first, I can come last because I don't really need a whole lot for myself in order to survive. I remember when I first got married a long time ago, after about a year or two of being married, I remember one time my wife asked me what I want for Christmas. I says, you know, I don't even really want any gifts anymore because it doesn't really matter at this stage in my life. I really don't need a gift or a present. I'm not looking for anything specific. And I just want to make sure everyone else has before I do, because I, I really didn't need anything. And I felt like if I did need something, I'd just do it on my own. I don't need someone to necessarily go out and buy me something. So, and I, now obviously I still have received gifts, but it's what I'm basically getting at is that if, if it's a man, it's a guy who's mature and is evolved into a man. And, you know, he's more concerned about his legacy than receiving any type of material item. So, that's where I was at when I was making that statement. And I'm still kind of there to this point. I haven't really changed much pertaining to that. So another thing is when I say do both reap the benefits, if, if one person is doing something that you were unable to do and now they're able to do it and you're in a marriage with them, that benefits you. Same thing with a company. If, if you have a company and one of them is really good at making a particular product, but the other company is good at marketing and selling the product, both people will benefit because more customers will obviously come into, the, into play and they'll, they'll make out. They'll make out pretty good. And so, but because the, the, one comp, the one side of the company is good at the marketing and sales, the other side of the company is good at the product and distribution, that leads to something very successful. Well, the same thing in a marriage. If we, one person does something really well in a marriage and the other person does something else really well, they both benefit. They both will literally benefit from the, the merger of the marriage, because it will make both of them better. 
So generally, when you have a weakness in something and somebody comes along and they have a strength in that area you're weak in, now you have an advantage. You have an advantage. And vice versa, if you're weak in some area but they're strong in another area, then it will benefit the other person. So one other person might be really good at investing in finance. The other person might have been a spender. And the person that's good at investing in finance shows them how to save money and where to put their money and how to invest their money. But that person might be very poor health-wise and make poor decisions, but the other person is very good at cooking, is very good with health, and can teach them how to be in better shape. That's a good merger. Both sides will benefit. So that's what we're talking about during a marriage, if it's similar to a merger, how both sides benefit. Now, one other quick thing I did want to talk about pertaining to marriage was a couple of things. Uh, Partnership, obviously, when you're in a marriage, some people say it's not a partnership. What you're hearing a lot now on the Internet, you're starting to hear people saying the woman is more of a helpmate than she is a partner. Well, it's not a it's, there's no it's not a competition. So obviously, both sides are contributing to the marriage. Is there going to be instances where one person might be doing more than the other? Yes. But over the course of the lifetime pertaining to the marriage, it would probably average out to about 50-50. It's not just a monetary thing. There's certain things that the other person might do that is just as valuable as what the other person is doing that makes the money. So example, if I have someone who is a very good music producer and puts together good music, if he can't write lyrics to a song, he just has music. But if he gets with someone who's very good at writing the lyrics, very good at producing the vocals to the song, and putting the song together and kind of making it come together, putting those two people together leads to the ultimate success, meaning they can not only put together good music, but they can also write a good song that people will remember, and those songs will become timeless classics. So that's what we're talking about when we're saying a merger. One person might be good at something else. The other person's good at something. You put it together, and then you have something special. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about partnership. Creativity, coming up with ideas that you can do to help the other person, uh, make sure the marriage stays fresh, going on vacations, sometimes doing spontaneous trips, things like that. Making sure that the marriage, that those type of things help make the marriage last. So those type of spontaneous, spontaneity, as they would say, can really make a marriage last and can be, make it very successful. Now, one other area that I want to talk about, when I, the last uh, objective there I wanted to talk about, what are some of the strategies for a long-term uh, marriage? Well, one of them is just having a lot of time to where you can spend time with your partner just by yourself, just you and them. And I do, it doesn't have to be a lot of time. It can be just one hour a day. Usually, a lot of couples will spend time at night once they have, if they have children, the kids go to bed. They'll be together for about an hour or so, and then they'll end up going to bed themselves. But at least you got to have some of that time, some things like that, or else it's, it's, it's really hard for the marriage to continue to go on when those happen, when, when things like that happen to where you don't have the time. So if we got one person that's working all the time and he or, or she is working all the time and we don't spend time with each other, it starts to have an effect or a toll on a marriage. Uh, go over your partnership goals. Make sure that they are still intact and they're still the same. One good habit to do is maybe every year, you know, maybe the end of the year before, you know, the New Year's resolution period or whatever, go over your marriage goals, your long-term goals. Are y'all still 
on pace or you're still on track to complete some of those goals, that will also help. Sometimes in marriage, and this is something really interesting. Sometimes in marriage, the couples will find themselves competing against each other. Well, that's dangerous. At best, you should always try and compete together because you want both people to reap the benefits. So sometimes you'll hear couples talk about, well, I did this and that's the person didn't do that and this, that, and the other. But that's you're competing against them. They're on your team. So there's no reason to compete against them. Make sure that you keep, keep in mind that there are, if, if this is a team. It's not a one-on-one. It's not one versus you're going against the same person on your team. You don't want to have that scenario play out because, again, that can lead to lack of communication and can damage and destroy the marriage. Plan a date nights. If you do have an opportunity, you don't have to go out every single week, but at least have one or two, maybe one, one or two nights out of a month. It could be something as simple as going out to dinner, going to a movie, doing whatever, but you got to have that time again by your, you know, alone, just the two of you. Because that will, you know, help the merger come out. That's when you can talk about certain things where, you know, it's just you two are available, just you two are around. And also go on the, the, prom, the, the premise of having that good, strong communication. What we do know is if you, all marriages generally do well when the communication is good. But what we do know is poor communication will lead to the, the destruction of a marriage. So always have to stay in communication. Same thing with a business. If you're not communicating in business, one of the biggest things that destroys a business is the lack of communication. Well, the same thing that can destroy a business can also destroy a marriage, the lack of communication. So it's very, very important to communicate with your spouse consistently about just about all the topics that you might be going through in the marriage so that there's, there's no miscommunication. Now, obviously, in a marriage, there's always going to be instances where there is miscommunication. But if you have something set up to where you communicate relatively well, a few hiccups here and there is not going to destroy the marriage. But as long as you're consistent with your communication and majority of the time you're getting it right, you will be successful. Well, I did try and sneak in and cover as much stuff as I could in a short period of time. This is, like I said, during the we're in a holiday period, so we are just simply putting out some episodes here just to make sure that we keep content coming. I do want to thank the audience. I want to thank the new people who have recently subscribed. And I also want to thank some of my existing subscribers who start with me from the very beginning. We are going to continue. We're going to be starting to look towards going into video. That's going to start up. uh, That's my new year's resolution. Shall I say, we're going to start trying to do video here coming up really soon. And some of my guests will be, I'll be able to record them through video. And in addition to that, we're on more platforms. Uh, we did add Pandora recently, and we're also on Stitcher. Those are the two newest uh, people that, uh, platforms that we're on. So we're just about anywhere that you can listen to a podcast, with the exception of one or two, we're pretty much on there. So if you ever want to listen, if you're driving on a long trip or something during the holidays, just click on the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast. Also, we do have a website. It's all, the link is always in the show notes. You can click on the website and you could, all the ar- episodes are archived there. You can leave a message, voice message, or you can get on the email list and we will tell you a day or two in advance what the next episode will be about. You don't have to worry about anybody sending you junk email because I'm the only one who sees the list and I'm the only one who will send you an email back. So with that being said, we're about to wrap up. I want to wish everyone a happy holidays and enjoy your night and your evenings with your families and loved ones and see ya.